A reading from Mark 320 20-22. Then Jesus entered a house, and again a crowd gathered, so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, He is out of his mind. And the teachers of the law who came down from Jerusalem said, He is possessed by Beelzebub. By the prince of demons, he is driving out demons. One thing we oftentimes don't hear about in the early ministry of Jesus is the pressure he had to be feeling uh, from the community he grew out of and grew up in, uh, in Nazareth, uh, in this case. But even uh, that pressure is nothing compared to the pressure of the family. And look at what happens here. Uh, when his family heard about this and the, all the things that Jesus was doing, uh, they went to take charge of him, where they said he is out of his mind. Uh, I don't, I think that uh, even up until this very moment in this very, very town we live in and everything else, uh, I think it's not impossible to see that the same kind of pressure from the community, whether it has a religious coloring or it's coming from somewhere else or even their own family, there is a very strong pressure to um, detach oneself from Jesus as he is experiencing here in what he is doing. And I, I, I think that that pressure has come down through the ages. It's, it's not that, you know, we hear that we're a Christian nation, whatever that means. Uh, but there has been, uh, over the years, many Christians in it. But when I was uh, uh, encountering Jesus, reading the Bible, going to church, I felt uh, a subtle, but not explained, and not nobody ever said anything to me, the subtle pressure to disguise my my fascination with the Bible, uh, to kind of disregard all the Jesus stories as antiquated and untrue, uh, because I, I at that time in my uh, education in Christ, I wasn't sure what was true or not. Uh, I don't feel that way anymore. But I, I think that the church... Uh, Probably, this is the wrong way to put it, but the church, when it's actually preaching Jesus Christ, uh, if they're not getting some kind of reaction from the community, they may not be pre preaching him strong enough. <laughs> yeah, um, I when I read this story, um, I'm reminded of Luke 4, 24, where it says, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. And I just think about... <laughs> Um, how when you are serious about the mission of God, you will face persecution, you know, and oftentimes it can come from those that are closest to you, um, your family members or even your friends. But, you know, how we're still called to proclaim the gospel and even face the persecution that comes with it. Um, so, yeah, I and to your point, Eric, you know, I do, I remember hearing one person actually say this in a sermon about, 
if you're not experiencing any kind of spiritual opposition, you might actually be running in the same direction as the enemy himself. <laughs> so <laughs> there is, is opposition. The kingdom of God is advancing. Then we are to expect that to happen. So uh, uh, at the end of what I wrote about this in uh, Getting to Know Jesus, um, I, I think it's kind of uh, to the point here because it's C.S. Lewis, number one. Yeah. And number two, he's addressing this very thing. So it says, uh, then some religious leaders slandered him by pub publicly declaring the prince of demons possessed him. Who is right? C.S. Lewis said that there could be no neutral ground when it comes to our own response to Jesus. He is either Lord, liar, or lunatic. His family came down on the side of lunatic, and the teachers of the law said that he was a liar because he was possessed by the father of lies. But Jesus's action go far beyond those performed by one who is a teacher or prophet. Later, Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? He is asking us well, as well, what will it be, Lord, liar, or lunatic? Uh, 